Welcome to Health System CIO's podcast interview with Scott McLean, CIO at MedStar Health. In part two, McLean talks about why he believes digital transformation must go beyond the technology aspect, how he adjusted to the new level of responsibility and accountability that he took on as enterprise CIO, the opportunity Chime members have to give back to the industry and help grow future leaders, and what he has gained by volunteering in the Baltimore community. So obviously you're in this chief information officer role, and then you have chief digital information officer and then you know chief innovation officer. So I would think that you work together on, on different types of initiatives, but that's something new. That's not how things were years ago, but how has that gone as far as staying in, in lockstep with the different leaders? That's a great question. And um, we also have a vice president of uh, performance improvement and analytics who sits at the the chief financial officers organization. When I came to MedStar four years ago, uh, it was my first enterprise CIO role and a big job. And and I knew that this is the way we were organized when I came. So I I knew what to expect. There's enough work for, for everyone to do. And I like the way it's organized because our technology, our fundamental infrastructure is what runs all of these uh, these things and enables these programs to be able to thrive. And so our technical folks help with the extract, uh, transfer, and load for our analytics platform. Uh, we help with the uh, integration layer for the integrated digital health platform. Um, we certainly help with how the, the telehealth program and other innovations are run technically and uh, for supportability. So, and I get along with the leaders. They're all uh, great people that run these other organizations. And so I think it's, it helps us because there's, there's focus on innovation that can be used across the enterprise. There's focus on digital transformation that is more than just technology. It's how the organization responds. And there's focus on analytics that was heavily and continues to be heavily used in the COVID period, but also for all kinds of operational and, and quality improvement activities. Right. So clearly there's no... Uh... There's no working in silos. There's no, here's your responsibilities, especially with the huge changes that have happened, the huge evolution with digital. It seems like it's more important than ever to really have those those good working relationships. Oh, I think that's right, Kate. And happily, we've got competent and people who are, are great leaders and also a lot of fun to work with. And I have regular conversations with these, these other leaders and not just technology leaders, but business leaders. Um, that's... That's the fun part of the job of being able to work together to bring about what we're trying to do here, which is care for um, millions of people in, in this region each year. And I think it's been very challenging during the COVID period, but also very rewarding to be able to put something together that really serves people. And how long have you been with MedSAR? Four years, just about four years this month. Okay. And I would imagine that even putting aside everything that's happened with COVID, it seems like you kind of had some time to uh, get kind of into the role more. And so I imagine that is a big jump when you have your reverse enterprise CIO role. So do you feel like you've kind of progressed in those four years? And Yeah, another good question, Kate. And it is, I wanted to take on this because I, I wanted a challenge and to grow. And I certainly have found that to be the case. On the one hand, when I came to MedStar Health, I didn't see anything new that was different than problems I had seen in the past, but it's a different leadership level and there is um, a different level of responsibility and accountability. I got to learn you know, what it's like to be the person in that CIO chair and I'm still learning that. 
with every fiscal year, every cycle of budgets and projects and, and all of the things that happen, like the COVID period, there are different challenges that we need to learn about how people work, how people lead, cooperate together, and use technology to benefit the clinicians, the, the rest of the administration, and uh, ultimately our patients. Yeah. I also wanted to um, to talk about time and you know what you're doing there as part of the, the board of trustees and really seems like such a hugely important time for, for people to, to do what CHIME has has always tried to do and get with that collaboration. Mm-hmm. But yeah, can you talk about why being part of the board of trustees appealed to you and kind of what you hope to, to gain from that? Sure. Well, I think it's a great privilege to work in an organization like CHIME, our professional society, and uh, be able to contribute back to uh, an industry that's given, given so much. So when I've been involved with CHIME since I think 2006 with various activities, but when I moved to MedStar Health and was busy learning this job, as we just discussed, I felt like it was a little early to try to, to run for the board. I had a lot on my plate. And then the, during the COVID period, we had a time when we um, didn't have elections for one year and extended the officers. So then when the opportunity came around again in 21 to run, uh, I did so and um, have been elected um, along with a class of uh, two other very good folks that uh, I know well. And uh, so I I joined the board at a time when um, obviously people are coming out of the the COVID period and uh, there's all the more reason to be able to train and educate the next uh, round of chief information officers in healthcare. And um, you may know about Chime University, which is our new program where we've launched uh, both master's and doctoral degrees in in digital health. So um, it's an exciting time to be part of the board and to to give back. And I know you've done some, some with public policy in the past. Is that something that you're still involved with? I am, yeah. And I think partly uh, being involved with the public policy steering committee is one of the things that one might get involved with if you're thinking about running for the board. And so I've served on that committee for several years and am now serving as the the chair of that committee. We have some very good people in Washington, D.C. that go through um, all of the federal and congressional actions and uh, regulations, rulemaking, and uh, ways that we can keep ourselves and our members informed about the influence that the government's having on this industry, and then also be able to advocate. So we always have top priorities of um, letting the government know about our cybersecurity issues and ways that they can help us with that defense. We advocate a lot for a unique uh, patient identifier. We think that would be very useful, not only for safety, but also for organization of our systems and interoperability. And we have a full agenda of public policy items that we're advocating for and uh, discussing with representatives regularly. Yeah, it's so important. I can imagine when it comes to the patient identifier, it's hard probably to get discouraged because it has been a process, but I would think it's important to really acknowledge you know, any kind of progress with something like that. It is. And like anything else, there are many stakeholders and, and vectors of, of opinion that we all respect and uh, take into account as we come to our conclusion on how we'll, we'll advocate for something. We, uh, on that note, we just feel very strongly, I'm speaking as uh, the CHIME Public Policy Steering Committee, feel very strongly that that's something we should move forward with. Yeah, right. And then 
just finally, as far as being having some involvement in other areas of life, I know that that you've done some of that with with the Baltimore community. And can you talk about some of what you've done there? Yeah, thanks for asking, Kate. You know, we came to uh, MedStar Health and to Baltimore City at a time when our last kid graduated from high school, so we were uh, empty nesters and. I think when you do something like that, you wonder what, what it's going to be like if you'll be able to develop new friendships and uh, at that stage in life. And we wanted to live in, in the city, in Baltimore City. We have found it to be a great place to live and um, quickly got involved with a, a church there that has an approach where we have co-pastors, one, one African-American and one white pastor that have equal salaries and, and equal preaching. And... Um, I think people know that Baltimore has some troubled parts and uh, some violence. And um, they were talking about doing walks through the communities where they would be able to offer jobs and job training, rehab services, food distribution, and and a lot about mediation, non-police involved mediation between people who are in arguments and uh, and various other services. And so um, I was able to be invited to this uh, group. It's called We Our Us. Weareusmovement.org is the website. And uh, it is a uh, men's movement in Baltimore where we walk through communities and try to uh, be friendly and loving towards the people there. And again, offer these services that are, are needed that we, we believe will help people be able to make good choices and uh, get some opportunities. And so um, that's something that I've been working on the last couple of years. We go out in the communities twice a week, and there are various other events that, uh, that take place as well. She mentioned uh, youth mentoring. So there's a, a mentoring program that happens on Tuesday nights. Very exciting thing to be involved in. And I, I'm learning so much from that as well. And uh, if you're going to live in a place like Baltimore that has some of these struggles, it's nice to be able to participate physically and, and try to help. Yeah, I was just going to ask, I'm sure that it's something where you do learn and you, you have to probably do a lot of listening and watching and, you know, really getting getting a feel for what people go through. It's, it's absolutely right. And it's a lot of the people that I'm uh, spending time with don't look like me or I don't look like them. So there's a lot of, like you say, listening and learning. And I consider it a real privilege to be able to uh, spend time and build relationships because that's that's really what it's about. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.